Hello. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wagner. And I am beyond excited to introduce the talent (laughs) that sits on the other end of this line. She is the co-creator of not one, but two television series. She's been on Parks and Rec, How I Met Your Mother, Arrested Development, Lady Dynamite, Curb Your Enthusiasm, so many more. And where I met this beautiful, hilarious soul, was it Bless This Mess? This is Lennon Parham. How are you? <laughs> Woo, I'm good now. That's, that was a nice way to intro. <laughs> Thank oh. you. Oh, I've had so much fun going down the rabbit hole of, of, of oh. like YouTube videos and interviews. Because I've got to tell you, Lennon, the thing that I love so much about you and Jessica is the pure yeah. joy that you have when you are together. You guys laugh so mm. much. We do. We laugh a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like, why are we doing this if we're not going to love it? Like, Absolutely. It's so hard. <laughs> But also we're, you know, we are privileged to be able to do it. So like, yeah, if it's not, if it doesn't feel good, like, let's take another path. Yeah, completely. And, and uh, for the listeners that aren't familiar with your backstory, you and Jessica met at UCB. Is that correct? Doing improv? Yeah. um, Jess was already on a, like a long form team called a Herald team, um, a team called mother, which was like legendary status at the theater in New York. And I uh, was taking classes at the time. And so we sort of were like ships in the night. Like we were both, we'd both come up through the UCB. So we spoke the same comedy language, Yes, but it wasn't really until we were both out in LA. I was here kind of temporarily going back and forth from Brooklyn Uh and she had moved here um, that we started to talk about, uh, you know, making something of our own. Yeah. Um, but we had at that point never performed together and, and we, we just kind of fell in love over a series of weird lunches and yoga dates. And, uh, I and love then we that. started to write, um, we, we pitched, we pitched, uh, some ideas, uh, an idea for a TV show to a bunch of people and HBO bought it, um, a script idea. So we mm-hmm. wrote, we're writing that while we were both acting on other folks sitcoms. Sure. And um, and then after that, we that was uh, best friends forever. Uh-huh. Kind of launched after that one. So right. Well, and I yeah. I I don't want to glaze over what you just said because what you just said was extremely powerful and huge. That you pitched a show <laughs> to HBO and sold it, and then you you know like. What does that even entail? Because I, um, yeah. I I went to Second City and I met a gal and it's yeah. kind of similar with you where we sat down and we wrote a pilot, a 1980s themed pilot back in 2013. But yeah. we didn't have that connection that you and Jessica have. We laughed a lot, but mm. she was kind of like a, always told me why I couldn't do it. And I was like, but now let me tell you how we can, you know? And I'm like, this isn't going to yeah, work. Yeah. So we broke up. Yeah. So you were able to actually get into the rooms and pitch. Like, what did that entail? What, tell me more. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think it helps that we're both performers, you know, sure. um, we're writing for ourselves. So at that point we didn't really know what a pitch looked like. We didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, I guess we didn't know, 
like what was the like etiquette or the format right. of a normal pitch. And I think most people pitching are not performers, they're writers. So mm. um, show creators, that kind of thing. Um, but we were doing it all. And so <laughs> we came up with the with this idea and it started really with a, a few, like a couple scenes that were making us laugh a lot. <laughs> and um and we kind of fleshed out. It was all the the first pilot that we that we wrote for HBO was about two best friends, but it was about how they were too close, and it oh. was sort of preventing them from growing into the adults that they could be. <laughs> and they like lived together in yeah. Jersey and were commuting into the city, and they worked together. And so it was the opposite of some of the other shows that we ended up doing, but. Um, yeah, so we got the pitch together. I'm sure we ran it by our our beautiful manager Christy Smith and our agents at the time, and um, and then they set up meetings with the big networks. Mm -hmm. And there were no streamers. There was no streaming at that time. So right, it was, it was just like you know, HBO, ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, um, etc. And wow. so. Yeah, we just went one by one every day, wore a different weird anthropology top. And then <laughs> uh, and then we pitched it and we basically set it up. We the the pitch basically consisted of like who we are, why this story is important, um, you know, and then intro the characters, and then we kind of like acted out like little moments in different mm -hmm. scenes. Mm -hmm. Um we would slip into scene work, which I think was arresting for, for many, <laughs> many of these executives to like see like a scene happening in front of them. But I think we felt like it was the best way for them to see kind of what they were getting because we were both, you know, we had jobs, but not really a whole lot of jobs, you know? Right. And, um, and, and what was special about us is, is us together in our chemistry. So we yes. felt like it was important to show that. So that was part of the pitch. And then, yeah. And then HBO liked it. And so they paid us to write a script. And then I guess it was like, I mean, it took, uh, it took over a year that process. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of, we were, and we both were doing other people's shows and stuff. And then I was going back and forth at the time. It was very like chaotic. Um, and then the show that I was on got canceled. And within 24 hours, HBO called to pass on our script. Oh. And I had already, my husband had already given notice at his work. Oh. He was a principal of a high school. Uh -huh. And I... And we had already committed to like moving to LA. We had given our notice on our apartment and had right. come out to like, look at, look at apartments. So um, yeah, pretty quickly after that, Jess and I picked ourselves up and started working on another idea. Right. Um, and exploring like a different version. And this one was like, what if your best friend has to move in with you and your boyfriend, <laughs> like as you're building your life together and you know, she's not sure about him, but you guys end up being a family. And it's, it was Brooklyn where I was living at the time. And, um, and so we pitched that to production companies and we uh -huh. ended up working with, with our good friends, Robbie Nandon and Scott Armstrong, who at the time ran a company called American work. 
Scott Armstrong was on Mother, Jessica's improv team. Right. But he also, you know, like wrote old school. So um, he was a great partner. And Robbie is amazing and has gone on to do amazing things as well. And we worked with with both of them through Playing House as well. Wow. Um, yeah. And I have yeah, to say so, that Playing House got me through the first half of quarantine. And I think I sent you a message oh! on on, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, can I just thank you for Playing House? I was just like, I, I, I was gave me comfort in a time that was so uncomfortable. So thank you for your yeah. art. Oh, oh, my pleasure. That was always our hope because we were like, what's the show? Like, we want to write a show that people will turn to, you know, in times of like like a classic episode that you just want to watch again and again and it just makes you feel good and forget for a moment you know a global pandemic I mean we didn't think <laughs> sure we weren't thinking about a global pandemic at the time but like we did want to like for just the show that she kept referencing was Gilmore Girls and mm-hmm. although I refused to watch it um <laughs> there you know I I also had a reference point like I Love Lucy and and yes. Laverne and Shirley and some of those shows where you're just like oh these girls love each other they're having such a great time you know yes. let's let's make a show like that and you did with such success and yeah. and I remember you I'm sorry did you were you, did you have more to say about you know the pitching of the show I, I think I well the process yeah I mean no, no the process continued so once we had the production company then we went with them to pitch to other places and we ended up pitching um, to Renata Radford, who was at, at NBC at the time and she loved it. And so I think, I think we just met with her, but we didn't have a full idea at the time or mm-hmm. something like that. And so we got what was called a blind script deal mm-hmm. where they, they're just like, we'll pay you to write a script, you know, and whatever you bring. And, um, and it was best friends forever. What we, what we ended up writing and they loved it. And um, the process yeah. of getting it from, from that to pilot to series is a whole, it's like another Ooh. three hour saga that I won't <laughs> yeah, bore you I, with. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. And I, and I do remember hearing in one of your interviews, you know, you saying with the, um, best friends forever that one didn't go as long obviously um uh playing house went three seasons and you said you know we learned Mm -hmm. a lot and I think that is the key because I've only done one uh produced one feature film and I learned so much from that the mistakes the the growths the all of that was there like one certain takeaway that you're like okay this this particularly we will not bring into our next show was there one thing or was it just kind of like a combination of a few Honestly, there were a lot of things like a lot of technical stuff about like, I mean, we literally learned how to be executive producers while being executive producers. Like, you know, people are asking me, you know, questions that I just, I don't even know the words they're using, much less the answer. So, um, so some of that stuff, obviously, but honestly, the thing I think we learned the most from Best Friends Forever jumping to playing house was that you have to prioritize your own personal life above the life of the show, because the show is not yours Mm -hmm. and can be taken from you at any moment. Mm -hmm. And if you're putting off the true things that your heart's desires, you know, for this, for this other thing, um, 
you're going to end up sad, honestly. Like, sure. I think we just, we, we learned about personal boundaries. We learned about not working on weekends, if mm-hmm. you can avoid it. Um, we learned about hiring. We learned about, you know, just how to do it and, and try to be healthy, you know? Yes. I mean, the minute Best Friends Forever was canceled, I was like, I'm going to, I got to get pregnant because <laughs> I like, you know, I mean, it was my career. I'd been working so, so hard. Yeah. Just with a singular focus for so long. Um, but it was ultimately gutting, you sure. know? Sure. To yeah, have you- put, to literally have been to the ER twice, blood, sweat, oh. and tears all this stuff. And then it, it's just gone, you know? And, um, and I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more than this. Yeah. It can't, it can't just be this in my life that matters. And not that my husband wasn't, doesn't matter to me, but like, right. He also was like, he was running a high school at the time. We were both kind of on these tracks, you know, these Mm -hmm. career tracks. And, um, and I think, for me, having kids really, really told, you know, gave me a level of balance that I had not been able to find in my waiting tables, sure. auditioning, improv shows, improv classes, uh, flying to LA, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. And, and that's um, one of the things I talk about in the podcast many times is how the importance of having a full, rich life outside of acting, because the jobs are not guaranteed. They come and go. And like, yeah. if we're always waiting for that next gig, like sometimes you're waiting a yeah. while. So make the middle matter, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, make the, it's the whole, it's the whole shenanigan. I mean, yeah. it's the whole it's the whole hot dog. What's the phrase? Exactly. I mean, it can be the whole chinchilla, uh-huh. something like that. I, that's, I mean, and also that's for, as a creator, as a writer, like that's where the source for your material comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having that or those experiences, then the work that you're doing is, you know, what are you drawing from? Exactly. Um, exactly. So I want to dive into Bless This Mess, where I met you. How did that that opportunity uh, come to you? And and what was that process like um, in, because I worked with you on season two, but I was not around for season one. So how did did that job come come about for you? Well, um, I know Liz, Meriwether, and Lake. I've known them. I mean, I guess I've known Lake in and around the comedy world for a long time. And Uh Liz obviously the same, same thing. I had done an episode of new girl. Mm -hmm. um, But I mean, I think maybe we were just like fans of each other. And so Mm -hmm. they wrote this part um, of a ranch wife Mm -hmm. and seemed to be like the villain. And, uh, and basically said, well, you you know, will you do this? It's Mm -hmm. a pilot there. You know, there's no, there's no like, there's, um, you know, it's, you can do it and then walk away or there was no like series. It was no contract that like locked me into the show, even though it was really super funny. Um, so yeah, so I just, I did it, um, as a job, you know, um, excited to work with, uh, obviously Lake and Liz. And then I found out Keckner was playing my husband. I, I love Keckner. 
I've always loved Keckner. Uh, so funny. <laughs> so funny. And um, and yeah, speaking of comedy language, like we both, we just speak like I mean, we could have finished each other's sentences. You know what yes. I mean? And we trust each other. I think so. That that helps a lot. Um, and obviously, JT Neal, who played our son, was mm -hmm. a genius as well. And yeah, so then that got picked up to series, which was great. But again, I wasn't like. I was just recurring mm -hmm. um, for season one, but I think I was in all of the episodes, okay. if not maybe five. I'm, I can't remember exactly, but it was super fun to shoot. And um, I was also shooting a show called Schooled at the time. Right. Um, so that was, that was fun. And then, yeah. And I think when they got picked up for season two and it was like a full order, cause season one was just six episodes. Right. And then season two was ended up being, I mean, it was like 13 to start, but then it ended up being. Yeah. I remember the day it got 20 it got or something yeah. or 18. It, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was so exciting, you know, and late came and stood out on the car and told everybody that we uh -huh. were continuing on. And yeah. I was only booked on one day for that show. And I was supposed mm. to be standing in for Lisa. And, mm. um, and so I did that for the day. And then at the end of the day, they're like, Hey, do you have availability? We think you'd be a better fit for Lennon. And I was like, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally down. And so I, you know, have, have said it to you and I have said it to so many people that I had front row seats to some of the finest work ever. Like Aww. when you talk, I mean, it's so true, Lennon, the way that shit flies out of your mouth. I'm just like, who is this woman? <laughs> Like you are, <laughs> your instincts are so incredible. And, and to watch you and Keckner together was like, yeah. I, I like, I would like sit back and, you know, what they'd say, okay, second team, go back to holding. I never went back to holding. Like I always stayed oh. in a corner and watched because I'm like, I, I can't pay money for this. Like I'm getting paid to be here right now. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, was the best. Well, the, the, listen, I, that part to me fit me like a glove and I, I will chalk it up to the writing, honestly, Liz, mm -hmm. Liz and Lake, I mean, Liz runs a tight ship. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. She has mm -hmm. like a murderer's row in the, in the writer's room. The scripts would come in funny after the table read, they were even funnier. Uh, also, you know, the cast is like endearing and charming and just out of control, funny. Um, you know, I, I loved it for many reasons, but I also loved it because I knew that, that Liz and Lake knew what, like what my superpowers were. Yes. So, cause not, there's not, it's not every show that you're encouraged to be you, you know, add your own thing on, Yeah. you know, or make it your own. And not to say that I, that I, I mean, I always said what was scripted always, <laughs> always, but then I would give an extra button or something else, just like the, the comedic beat, adding that and always never like, well, tried, but with Kechner, this is difficult, but like trying to stay in the world of usable because we're, you know, it's a 20 minute, essentially it's edited down to 20, 21 minutes. Right. And so anything that is off story is not going to get used. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to improvise, you have to either improvise in story or short enough that it's like a button or like, you know, something that they can cut to you if they need a cutaway or an edit point. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, that's yeah. the kind of like, 
any any added color or anytime there was like a group scene and I knew they were going to kind of have to build like one liners like I'm like oh just pop this in only on my coverage though like not in everybody's coverage because that's annoying yeah um so so good yeah so good because I yeah, I, I live in El Segundo. And so I would drive the 62 miles to the ranch that we shot at with the mm. smile on my face. Like it was the best <laughs> drive ever. Normally you ask me to drive to Newhall or wherever the hell we were. And, and yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's a drive. And I would like get up in the morning. I'm like, bye, honey. I'd leave for work. And I just, I couldn't Aww. wait to get to work. It was so much fun. <laughs> wait, oh, do you well, remember it, the pigs yeah. though? those little pigs do you remember the scene where you had to like (laughs) like get the wrangle the pig at the front door yeah pig in the car or the ones out of the car yes the pigs in the car so I don't know if you remember this so you like did your action and did everything and then they they you know sent you to do whatever like get ready for your next scene or whatever and they asked me to use my hands to bring the pig out and just do the scene to bring the pigs out and the smell in that car was horrendous (sighs) It was horrendous to the point and it was hot as all shit. And and I remember I would oh. have to like turn my head to the side and I was like, what is that smell? Like I couldn't even wrap my hand or, like head around what the smell was. And so finally we yeah. finished the take and I do like a little throw up in my mouth as I'm walking away. And I oh, asked the no. head trainer, I was like, what is happening in the car? She goes, oh, the pigs probably ejaculated. I was like, what? <gasps> what? Yeah, that was my response. I was like, I'm sorry, that that was the smell that I was smelling. Not what I would have thought. That Never in a million not... years. But I have a picture holding the pig prior to knowing how foul they were in the car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, they were the babies, right? The little baby pigs. Yeah, they, they were so cute, but apparently they were, they were also, so you know. They're just jizzing leaking. all over the place. They were leaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, so that, that always makes me TMI. Both I know, right? Animal know. trainers. There should be a show about animal trainers. I swear to God, I was so fascinated. They have to know so much about so many different kinds of animals, and they yeah. were completely unruffled. Completely. Like, I remember there was so when I directed the episode, there was a piece where we had to have a rooster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that gets dropped into the hen house. Uh, Keckner did it to get back at Mike. Um, and, uh, so that all the eggs would get fertilized so you couldn't use them, which is also like a bit of farm knowledge that I did not know. Um, but there was a chicken quarantine, if you recall. Oh, so the chickens on our ranch could not leave and new chickens could not come in. I didn't and know that. Therefore for the rooster, they just dressed up a chicken. They oh. added rooster feathers, like a little head piece <laughs> and a little, like a little thing under the neck and then extra tail feathers. And they picked the one that they thought looked the most rooster like. And I, I was impressed. Oh, I was really impressed. My but God. it was basically, I just kept laughing because I was like, are we really doing rooster drag here? It's That's amazing. amazing. That, that is movie magic right there. And, and I love being there for the day that you directed um, an episode of Bless This Mess. And I didn't realize that you had directed before. I was under the impression this was your first direction job, but you had directed an episode of um, Playing House, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, and I... I was lucky enough to get to do two episodes of bless this mess, which right. is just amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, when you create your own show, you know, you're, you're 
you've got it in your head in a certain way and you're there every day, all day. So like I, I learned so much about direction just from being there, being directed by tons of other people and and trying to get what we wanted and and you know, and working with different DPs and stuff and like seeing how I like to be handled or I like directors who are, you know, how they handle and also the other shows that I've been on, like um watching like watching so someone like Armando Inucci, you know, direct Veep, like mm -hmm. how he does it versus, you know, other people. So mm -hmm. yeah. So I was able and it was actually our first A D Bob Rowe who was like, you know, you should direct and you should direct your own show because it's hard to get your first show mm -hmm. episode and you're in charge and then you'll be able to pay your dues and then you'll be in the union and then you'll be able to direct and you mm -hmm. should direct. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Bob Rowe, I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so we figured it out and it turned out because one of the directors that we were so looking forward to having, um, and it ended up, he directed, some of the most important episodes of that season, but he was supposed to direct the first two episodes of season three, but ended up had a family emergency. And so he couldn't. And so the episodes we were going to direct um, got switched around. And so I ended up directing the very first episode of season three. And I had, I mean, my son had been born in October. Wow. And so I had like a two and a half month old. Oh my and, gosh. Um, <laughs> And we were filming in Chatsworth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was a Hoosiers inspired episode, which is one of my favorite movies. So it, it all worked out, but um, it was pouring rain. It was mm. like one of those weeks, you know, where the sky just opens up. And I was just like, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. can I, can I physically do this? But I could, and yeah. I did. And it was a great episode. I was really proud of it. And um yeah, and I got my director cherry or whatever, and now, oh. now I'm, I, I'm attempting to do to get you know to do more yeah. wonderful things. I mean, as a director, doing bless this mess the first thing after my own personal work, mm -hmm. um, it was ideal. Yeah, because obviously I know everybody, I know all the actors, the I know the crew. I love them. We it's all so love good. each other. So it was such a family. Um, yeah. And, and everybody likes me and mm -hmm. they trust me and, you know, um, and so it, it all worked out. Cause I yeah. think that would be, that was my fear was that people would be like her. She doesn't know what she's doing, but then having worked with me, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, she yeah. does. Yeah. And, and so, you were so good. You were so good. You know, you, dream. everything was organized and your shots, you got one, two, three takes, boom. It was like, you just knew yeah. what you wanted and, um, yeah. and were very specific about the shots you wanted. And it was, it was again, yeah. another wonderful thing to just have front row seats to watch. So I well, would and also the Go thing, ahead. the thing that I think was so helpful was that because, you know, I had worked with the whole crew, I could say, you know, uh, to anyone on the crew, like, Hey, help me out here. I'm trying yes. to do this, or I want it to feel like this, or, Hey, Carly, did we get this? You know, did I, am I covered? Do you think I need this coverage? You mm -hmm. know? Um, and also Molly, Molly McGlynn was there. Love she her. was one of the directing producer. Um, and she did so many episodes. And so she was also there 
to whatever storms might pass through. She was always there to like, be like this one, worry about this one, don't worry about, or, um, Hey, do you have this? Do you have this? Do we need to get this? That kind of thing. Yeah. I so. love the amount of female directors that were on that set and the diversity mm-hmm. that was on the set. Mm-hmm. And it was, it just, all of it brought me joy. It's just, it was just a wonderful experience and yeah, yeah, no complaints there. So I have to ask you before we close out, yeah. I do want to honor your time. We're getting close to that 30 minute mark. Girl, I have a love for Kenny Loggins beyond measure. <laughs> and can you I tell do. you, oh my, okay, so have you seen him in concert? Yes. Twice, yes. right? You saw him like East Coast and West Coast or just once? Just once. Okay. No, twice, both East Coast. Okay. So I saw Loggins and Messina. Okay. My, so my best friend in, uh, who I came up through UCB with and Second City before that, uh, Leslie Mizell mm-hmm. Ellis. So she and I um, obsessed with Kenny Loggins. Oh. And so we went to see, and that's where that whole storyline came from. Um, we went to see Loggins and Messina in concert at Jones Beach. And it was an exterior. Everybody was wasted. Everybody. Yes. And they played all the greatest hits. He even played like some Pooh's Corner stuff, but mostly Loggins and Messina. And then by the end, they had a hard out of a certain time and they forgot to factor time in for Danny's song and everybody you was enraged can't forget enraged. that yeah but we did wait I know that wasn't when we waited but anyway we were all driving out singing Danny's song out loud with our you know the radio playing um the second concert was in Long Island it was a theater in the round we did what we thought was normal, which was get there a little late. So we would miss the opening act, but Mr. Kenny Loggins starts on time. Yes, he does. When we got there, there, he had already begun. It was like a theater in the round. We had great seats. And so the whole celebrate me home thing really happened at that concert. There were some girls down in front of us who kept standing up. And so he came out towards them to sing and then saw us. Leslie and I, who were literally singing and crying (laughs) and he came right in front of us. And I have it recorded on like an old digital camera somewhere, but he came, stood right in front of us and he got up with his little snakeskin loafers or whatever and stood up on the chair in front of us. And I thought he was going to really bite the dust because (laughs) it was, they were thin, like little old wooden seats. Um, And he did that whole call and response where he sings the whole, you know, the whole round section of Celebrate Me Home at the end. And, uh, and you could just hear us on the video being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, it was really. No, that's amazing. Yeah. But tell me what, what is your Kenny experience? Okay. So I concert. Yes, I saw him. So, okay. So quick story. So I, um, I quit drinking nine years ago. And okay. quit smoking weed four years ago. On the okay. last time I smoked weed was the Kenny Loggins <laughs> concert four years ago. And okay. I went with my husband. And, yeah. and he he likes that I like Kenny Loggins. And he knows some of the songs. But he's not like yeah. a fan. And I am right. a fan. So huge. We, huge. Huge. Yeah. So we saw him in here in LA. And we had like rented a room in, in Westwood. And we're like, okay, we'll just Uber to the, to the concert. And when we got yeah. there, I don't know if it was because I was high or if it was the truth, but there mm-hmm. were people in wheelchairs. It was a lot of people in wheelchairs going to the concert, like because they were older, huh. not because they were differently abled. It was a lot of older 
clientele. And I was like walking yeah. around and like, Paul, yeah, what's happening? He's like, well, he yeah. was really popular in like the eighties. And I was like, I know, but yeah. I'm only 45. Like why are right. so many of these people so old? <laughs> right. It cracked me up. I really had this moment of, okay, that was it. I was like, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took well, me into a whole we, nother planet. Well, you were also super paranoid because of the weed, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, Leslie and I had the same feeling. Like we were like, oh, we're a full two decades younger. Yes you know, than, than every other person. And so how long ago was that, that you went, how many years ago did you go? Oh my God. I don't even know. Like more than a decade? I moved out here. So like it had to be at least 12 years ago. Okay. So they were 20 years older than you then. And so now you take it, you know, to four years ago, 20 years old. It was like, it was, it was, I just didn't know. (laughs) I was like, I thought everybody my age, like Kenny Loggins, I was mistaken. (laughs) Well, not everyone has, you know, uh, the heart for the older, that older generation music, but it's my favorite. Oh, it's my, my Pandora my is Holland Oates, um, Michael <laughs> McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Like those Pandora stations that just go through, like they bring me all yeah. the joy. Christopher all the, Cross. Christopher Cross. My, I can is my yes. happy place. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember um, Kelly, uh, late standard, and I used to always sing the greatest American yes. hero theme song. Like that was our oh my jam. God. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. Well, we've got to go to a Loggins concert together. Oh, don't you ask me. To, don't you don't. I will DM you when that when that concert comes to town. I'll be like, Lennon, <laughs> let's yeah, go to the well, old folks. The funny home. thing is, because he did, you know, he did that episode of Playing House and we wrote it with him in mind, but like, we're like, we might not get him. Like, what are we going to do if we don't get him? Like, maybe we just never see him or something. We were trying to figure that out. And so we wrote this like personal letter and we were like, can we get it to Kenny? And um, he said, yes. And we were like, why? Why did he say yes? Because (laughs) I think a lot of people write stuff for him, like that it's almost like making fun of him. Yeah. And it was clear, it was clear that we were not doing that, that we really truly loved him. And so- Um, when he got to set and he was very gracious and, um, still so generous. Yeah. And he had also like, so celebrate me home. We needed him to play it in his tour bus, like on the guitar, Yep. but it's not a guitar song. He plays that it, it, the lead in is piano. So he had, he had learned it on guitar for us. Oh, and um, yeah, he was just, he was just the best. He was truly the best. And it turns out his girlfriend was a fan of playing house. And that's why he said, yes. I love it. There's no mistakes. That is incredible. So yeah. Lennon, I want to honor your time. We've gone a few minutes over. What are some um, things that people can, can look for you? Uh, because I know oh. you are always working, like what's coming up? What can we watch <laughs> you in? Cause I am just always happy to see your face on screen. Very sweet. Thank you. I, um, well, you know this cause you were in the pilot. Um, Yay! <laughs> uh, this new show called Minx that's going to be on HBO max. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the air date. We literally just started filming yesterday. That's um, what you were going to do. Okay, great. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I'm in a bunch of episodes of that and 
uh, and you can see Amber and she's amazing in the pilot <laughs> and uh, it's such a fun show. It's a, it's set in the, in the world, in the seventies, in the early seventies. And it's the first, it's about the, the first magazine, erotic magazine for women. Mm-hmm. So yes, think, think that Burt Reynolds on a bearskin rug time period I got to hold that um, magazine for a very long time (laughs) I know you did I've never seen Amber I have to I have to uh give you props on your on your posture I've never seen anyone sit up so straight it was amazing (laughs) well you know it was so fun when I saw the pilot (laughs) when I saw the pilot I was like I was like hey that's and then the director was like, "Oh yeah, she was great." Oh, I was like, she was my so stand-in. Oh, that's mess. that was like anyway. me when I saw you in Bombshell. I was like just sitting there watching <gasps> Bombshell, and then there's <laughs> Lennon, and I like I I got you, and I was like, "Lennon, you're in Bombshell." <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So that was fun. fun. That was a fun one. Oh, I love this world of acting. It's just never ending. So thank <laughs> you so much for saying yes. Thank you for taking time oh, to chat course. with me. Anytime. Um, Oh, thank you. You're such an inspiration. And I always close every podcast by saying, if nobody else tells you today, I believe in you. Make today great. Go make some miracles and always believe that you can. Lennon, thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time. I can't (laughs) wait to work with you again. I know we're going to hit the Loggins concert. We're going to be Loggins. We won't. You will see some tickets showing up in your inbox here shortly. (laughs) And tell Jessica I say hello. I only met her the day that she came in to um, set for Bless This Mess, but um, please tell her I said hello. I will, absolutely. Okay, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.